two, one, go. Hello, everybody. This is Tito Bort, CEO at AltiSales, here with another amazing superstar SDR series. And uh, today we have a very special guest who is building millions of dollars of pipeline every year. And uh, her name is Hope O. Baker. She's with Aptus. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tito. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm super excited about you being here as well. Um, for the audience, we we're chatting a little bit before uh, we started recording, and it's it's incredible, right? Uh, we've interviewed different SDRs that work different segments, and in this case, uh, this is like super super high enterprise and um, millions of dollars in pipeline, million dollar deals and up, and uh, it's going to be exciting to dive a little bit deeper into what uh, what Hope is doing and what we can learn from from her workflows. Um, so I am pumped. Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's start, you know, giving the audience a little bit of context here, Hope. Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit more about Aptus. What does, what does the company do? What is it that you're selling? Yeah, so Aptus, um, we are headquartered in San Mateo. We have offices all over the globe, though. London, Sydney, Japan. Um, and we basically sit in between your ERP and your CRM, so we're everything in the middle. So think about if you're a sales rep while you're configuring a quote. So our solution would sit in your CRM. If you use Salesforce, you don't leave Salesforce. Um, so we take large enterprise companies and smaller companies as well from quoting off um, spreadsheets and memory <laughs> to actually using a tool <clears throat> that has approvals um, and workflows built in. We do billing and then all the way to your, your contracts as well. So once again, if you're a sales rep watching, imagine that NDA process and how sometimes long and annoying that can be. We change that to the click of a button, which is very exciting. Um, and we also have an AI tool, Max, who I call you know your best friend, who you can build quotes from. You can leave a sales meeting and put your notes in and say, hey, Max, can you build me a quote for... 200 new airplanes for customer X um, and then go through the configuration with voice recognition and you can have Max create an NDA for you and you can have Max um, update opportunities, which is awesome. So we own the middle office space. A little bit about Aptis. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. seems like uh, a, a lot of stuff. Um... And, and yeah, and one of the things you were saying is you are in the financial services sector and the offerings kind of vary according to like what, what industry you work in. So definitely a lot to explore. Anybody who's interested in Aptis, uh, at least you know now a little bit about the product and we're going to dive deeper now into, into Hope's work. So um, tell us a little bit more about like your specific role. Uh, you're uh, an SDR. Uh, do you get any inbounds? Do you work outbounds? Do you work both? Are the teams separate? Tell, tell us more about that, that setup on your, your day to day. Yeah, so I sit specifically in the financial services space. So I work the top, um, I would say the top 50 um, global financial services companies, but I really focus on about 15. So I'm working companies like HSBC, Barclays, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs. So like the who's who in financial services, which is very interesting. Um, I don't have a financial background, so it's been fun to learn. Um, so most of my most of my prospecting is all outbound. We do have um, an inbound team that would field inbounds, but if there was an inbound that came in, it would go to me. But that's for the larger companies, that's not 
um, really a large bit of what we get right now. Um, if there's trade shows and whatnot, I know we talked about this. If there's a trade show, it comes in as a warm, a warm-ish cold lead. I don't know what you'd like to call it, but right. um, so then I obviously follow up on those, but a lot of the bulk of my work is just completely outbound and it's all either cold or, you know, using referrals and whatnot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you have a very small list of target accounts you got to go after. Um, they're the biggest banks in the world, high contract values. Um, and, and there's a lot of focus there. Um, tell us more about like how you get measured on performance. Like, you know, with, uh, I think we had somebody on, uh, uh, on the show that was, their quota was 60 meetings a month. Right. And, uh, when you have 60? 50, 60, six zero. Yeah. Oh, um, and they're of course the complete opposite side of the spectrum when it comes to enterprise, uh, deals, they were like very SMB. Um, so tell us more about you, you know, how, how do you get measured on performance? What matters? Uh, and what's the kind of like, what are you striving for quota? Yeah. So we um, at Aptis get measured more on quality rather than quantity. So we've kind of passed that hump where it's like meeting, 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 meeting. Um, so I get, I get comped on opportunities launched. So there's times where I could have 15 meetings per se with a company and not have an opportunity launched yet. So that means that there's a qualified project. So we've determined that there's an executive sponsor. Um, I've determined that there's a timeline. I've determined that I know I have the right people in place who are involved in the project and that there's actually buy-in at a senior level because a lot of times we find that people, and this is any company, people are doing research and people are you know, looking maybe for a project that they're interested in, but for the amount that we pay our resources, like our sales engineers, our value consultants, we have to make sure that a project is sponsored um, and is a realistic project. So we get paid on uh, once those opportunities are launched. So once they go into stage one, and right. also once they move out of stage one to stage two. So that would be if they do a demo and it's qualified and the opportunity is gonna move forward, then we also get comped on that for our quota. Right, that sounds great. So it seems like you gotta create some pipeline. Uh, that's that's the most important part. So it's it's way beyond just them showing up to a discovery call or to a meeting or or anything yeah. like that. Well, uh, and I think you know once again tapping tapping into that. So we we are we're strategic BDRs. So we are constantly like we're constantly pushing like being creative with our outreach and. Like I might touch an account a thousand times before I have an opportunity launched, but the account could be HSBC and the opportunity could be $10 million. <laughs> so it's just, a, it's a little different, you know? And then like, for example, like we have an inbound team and their comp is a little different. So like they get paid still on opportunities launched, but they're, they're the system that the opportunities are worth are different because it's right. a whole different ball game. Right. Right. I mean, marketing has put so much effort into bringing that in and there's a lot of marketing spent going after that, after that type of work that you can't pay the same amount to an SER that's going cold outbound and getting a great opportunity versus somebody who is just uh, qualifying the inbound op um, in, into the funnel. So I agree with yeah. that. But I do want to note our inbound guys work really hard and they're really wonderful. <laughs> right, right. But your ratio might be very skewed towards outbound, right? You just don't, yes. never enough inbound, right? So I, I usually see teams 
And again, as you were saying, right, a, a trade show scan is an inbound or outbound. In my world, that's an outbound for sure. Um, it might be a slightly warmer outbound, but the, the way you need to approach it is I still need to go get a meeting with you. I need to convince you. I need to show you the value. Um, yes. I only consider inbound a, a demo request or a pricing or things like that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, so we have to take part in a lot of events like the Salesforce world tours, for example, we go to a lot of those and we obviously do Dreamforce and we just, we actually just had our own, um, have accelerate conference. So we do get a lot of leads from that, but like I was mentioning, I mean, there, there's sometimes those take 20 touches to get a meeting. Right. So is that an inbound? I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a warm lead coming in. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that more of the world sees that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I said, I wrote about that a, a little while ago on how you need to treat um, uh, everything from trade show scans to like white paper downloads to like website visitors as, as almost as cold outbound. And, and the good thing is that now you know that they recognize your brand. And when you call or when you email and it says Aptis, they're like, oh yeah, Aptis. Like, totally. I heard about you. And maybe they don't know your full product suite or your offering, but I also have a lot of people who come to me are like, oh, you're Tito. Like, that's amazing for multi sales. And they're like, dude, what, what do you guys do for work? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, now, now is my time to, to show the value and to actually do the outbound to you and say, I'm Tito. I'm with multi sales. Here's what we do. Yeah. And, uh, here's maybe how we can help or here's how we have helped companies similar to yours and, and so on. So, yeah, I think we're on the same page. Let's, um, you know, I want to move on to um, diving a little bit deeper into what is bringing you results and what can other people yeah. learn um, from that. So you only need a few opportunities per month. Um, I don't know if you want to tell us kind of like your quota or like, are you, are you like around two to three or three to five or five to 10 or 10 to 20 or 20 to 50? I don't know. What, what's your range for number of opportunities on average? I know your quota, but you're like number uh, – uh, pipeline based, but yeah, me do, do you need? Yeah, so I I'm like I'm the that person who like quota to me is not what I shoot for. So I try to shoot for double my quota. Um, so that I could get there with four big opportunities, or I can get there. I mean, this month so far, I think I have four launch opportunities, and I still have you know business days to still get some launched. So. It all just depends, but I mean, I try to shoot for four to six opportunities a month. Okay, so four to six opportunities a month, and with that, you can possibly actually double your quota. So, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So two, two to three is is like maybe what you're ranging at, and this is just for the audience to understand. You know, like if if you're an SDR who needs forty or fifty opportunities per month or, or twenty five, perhaps the, the strategies that Hope is using for her approach. Uh, might be too time consuming or not effective for you. So just, yeah. that's why we, we talk a little bit about your company, your work, your quota, your target, um, you know, uh, and we'll dive deeper into the structure of the team and so on, but, but I want to provide the value to the audience. So uh, help us understand, you know, how, how are you um, throwing opportunities into pipeline? What are some of the things that you've done that have worked really well that are out of the ordinary or different? Why are you getting to 200% consistently? Yeah, so I take a very consultive and customized approach. So like like you just said too, like there I didn't just become a specialized in fifth to fifteen top financial services accounts overnight. Like I did, you know, I worked my way to that doing the 
20, 20 meetings a month and 25 of uh, the 60 meetings a month. That's wild. I think you said that earlier. It's wild. Um, but so my approach is to, when I get an account, I open Evernote. I use Evernote. So I open Evernote, put the account name and I do just massive amounts of research. So I'm looking at every public company has to put a 10 K out. So public companies, I look at their 10 K. There's a specific section in that 10 K that shows you these are their issues. This is why they're num they might not hit their, like their numbers that their stockholders and board members have put in place. Every public company has to do it. So they, and a lot of times in there, they'll have that there's a contract management issue or that there's issues with efficiency on their sales teams or that there's billing issues. And they'll actually have the name that they're going to, they're going to create a team and they're going to name it this. Um, I worked on a account where they actually named the team, the commercial excellence team in the 10 K. So when I went and spoke to that account, I, the people I looked for were commercial excellence because that's the, the team that they were creating for it. So I look at their 10 Ks. I look at the news that's on them. I go to LinkedIn. I go to Twitter. I'm, you know, this is a touchy one, but I go to Facebook too, just to get an understanding of who these people are. When I figure out who my decision maker is and who's on their team, I want to know who they are because I think that the way you outreach to different to certain people and at certain levels and even just certain personalities is different. So I like to come completely armed. Um, and from there, I mean, I take the, the approach where I don't think that emails, calls or social all are better than one or the other in my, in my own approach. So I call, I email, I do social. Um, my first hit that I do to people I hit <laughs> is I hit them with all three. So when I send that first touch, I will call them, leave them a voicemail, I'll email them and I'll send them a LinkedIn message or tweet at them or maybe like a LinkedIn post. So I try to keep it, um, I call it a triple hitter and I swear that's one of my best tools that I have. Um, yeah, that so sounds that's, great. That, that, that's crazy that you're doing that. I mean, uh, a lot of SDRs, like I don't, I don't leverage Twitter at all. I, I hardly ever use it. I think it's an effective tool, it's just not, somewhere where I'm active. So like, I think I have four followers and I follow three things. So <laughs> people are going to be like, this is creepy. Why is this stranger following me? He doesn't even hey, follow his friends. You uh, got to start somewhere. Right. I mean, I like, right. I just, I just started by following every single one of my companies. And then if prospects have Twitter, I follow them. I mean, I've set meetings from Twitter. I've set in-person meetings. I've had like, there's a couple of accounts that, and they're not even my accounts. When I still have conversations with executives in these accounts on Twitter. Like today I like to post cause like it was like geese crossing the road. He's like, Oh, geese crossed the road and crosswalks. And this is an executive at one of my old accounts. So I went and tweeted back like, that's hilarious. Like I was born in Iowa. This is really cool. You know, just little right. things like that. Little touches I think go a long way because not everybody's doing that. And one thing that I like to utilize too, and I can't utilize it as much on financial services, but I send direct mail. So I know as mentioned before, once again, that I've sent balloons to people, 1-800-BALLOONS. You can do same day delivery. Um, and that's really fun. And actually, I don't, I don't know um, if I mentioned this, but I actually got my job at Aptis that way. So I actually, really? yeah. So I attended a sales development meetup, the manager meetup that David Delaney puts on one week and saw Maria Pergolino speak was just blown away by her. And then the next week, an AISP event where Catherine Endura speak, who's now my director. And I was like, I need to be around these women. Like how, 
if I, you know, like I treated it like I was prospecting them. So I sent them balloons and was like, I'm inspired. Let's get coffee. And the next thing I knew I was signing, you know, a DocuSign contract with Aptis to start work. So that's incredible. I mean, you've been in SDR for a little while now. I mean, you're, you're very experienced. It seems like you're executing at a very high level and just, you know, like not only are you talking about a very advanced strategies of uh, sending direct mail and balloons and researching, you know, I think what, what's, I think it's MDMA or whatever the section is in the, in the 10 case that, that gives you a lot of that information. Yep. Um, but tell us also about your activity. Like when we were talking before, you're like, yeah, today I made 50 calls on top of some of these other crazy <laughs> things that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, so I'm like that person where I, like I, doing this job lights a fire for me. So like business development for me is like a puzzle that will never be solved because there's always like more pieces to go in. So like this, like my, my, my function and my role lights a fire for me. So like today, for example, like I said, I made, I don't know, I think like 50, probably 55 dials, 50 emails. And we do have a tool we use playbooks. So, you know, a lot of it's, is I click the button to dial to dial, so I don't have to dial on the phone anymore, which I don't think any any pro any SDRs or BDIs do anymore. Um, but I so that approach is more for for me is calling like lower level and middle management. So I'm calling these people and I want to know what are your projects going on right now? Is this so I read this in the news? Is that an initiative for you? I'm doing research to figure out when I go to that you know chief procurement officer or chief legal officer because on a side note those people will you can get a hold of those people a lot of the meetings i said are with c-level executives at these big companies and these are the massive companies so those those people you can't get a hold of so you know when people say that you can't it's not true because i get a hold of them all the time every day i set meetings with high level executives so today i called lower and middle management and found out what projects are going on and just built up more research. Like this is all, this is all part of the puzzle to get to that top person. So I'm, you know, speaking to that senior director about the initiative that I saw in the news, or if I see a, a breach, like a compliance breach or something, I'm calling to figure out like, are they, is that an initiative and what team is tackling that? So that when I go up to that top person, I'm armed. Right. It, it seems incredibly strategic, right? You're even calling low on the account and, and trying to figure out what they're saying and what they're doing so that once you can, you know, spend it, uh, once you can collect enough information and you understand their initiatives and you can speak their language and you're dedicated to financial services so you un understand your vertical very well. So once you call the chief procurement officer, the chief legal officer, and they're like, hey, this is John. You can be like, hey, John, this is Hobo Baker. I'm with Aptis. Yeah. Uh, I read your MDMA. I know this. I know that. I really wanted to speak with you for five minutes, see if, uh, because I think we can, we can help you with the three initiatives that you have regarding one, two, and three. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, thanks for doing free consulting. Sure. I'll take it. <laughs> right. And it, it has to feel that way when you're a C-level exec. Um, I, I, I think that the only way to get a meeting with them is to show you care so deeply and so much that, um, yeah, perhaps below uh, this interview, I'll, I'll share, um, uh, I might share a, an email that I sent to uh, Lars Nilsson and, and how we met. I sent him a very 
very interesting prospect email I was trying to get into Cloudera. And and if you want to share one that, that you have that is very uh, – I'd love uh, to, yeah. Yeah, we can we could just uh, take out kind of like the names or anything that's too specific that reveals who they are. But yeah, but, uh, if we can see what, you, what you're saying on an email with all this information, uh, that'd be yeah. that'd be awesome. Um, I don't know we can we can also dive deeper into the calls or like when you say in direct mail like you've mentioned the balloons uh, a, a little bit ago uh, did it come with a message type of like you know like we can uh, I don't know I don't get creative with it or something or no, yeah so I I mean I it's like kind of like what you just said like the consult like it sounds like you're doing consultant work I take that consultative approach like it's important for me. It's important for me and my function, for my prospects and my potential clients to know that I'm not here to just like bombard them with like me, me, me and aptus, aptus, aptus. Like I want to know, like I want to be able, I want them to think that I care enough about them and about their business because I do. Like if I can solve a problem, I want to talk to them and I want to figure it out. So that's like with with the balloons thing. So (laughs) sometimes the notes, sometimes the notes are cheesy. Like I can, I'll send some to you so you can put them down. Um, but I've, so, you know, people say, oh, that must only work on women. Like I've, I've gotten that so many times, but I sent balloons to an SUP of Lido's and he's like the head guy, he's the guy for one, like the projects that we would need, the person we need to speak to. And he responded back with, I never take vendor calls, never, but this was, this caught, like this caught me like great work. And the message was like, it was funny. It was like something about, because there was something in the news about Trump and like it was going to affect their contracts. So I said like a little like use Trump, like in a sentence, like let's Trump your contract struggles or something like that. Like just something cheesy, (laughs) something cheesy, but it just, you know, but it really, it like, it made him see, okay. So she obviously read the article. Like she, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's doing the research you know, and that person, you know, they weren't ready for the project at that time, but when they are like, who are they going to call like this? And, you know, and him and I are on an email basis. I speak to him every couple months, like what's going on, have things kicked off. Um, you know, we know government and, and banking too, a lot of times are slower. So, but that he, like, he will always know when this project comes up Aptis, Hope Baker, Aptis. And there's been times where I've sent, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit, like I've looked on Facebook before and I saw that a prospect and his family, they were all black belts. So I sent him karate socks and a karate shirt. And this was after he told me no, that they weren't ready to talk. And I had already sent the gift out. So I was like, eh, oops. Like he said, no, whatever. I'm just going to send it out. We'll see what happens. That next week we had sales engineers on the line. We had a value consulting. We had the full list of requirements. So that they weren't ready. Like they just didn't, he just didn't want to talk. Like he was like, uh, yeah. we're, you know, we don't want to talk. And then I sent these karate socks and a shirt and it just like, I don't know. Like, you, like you like those things. Like Tito, if I do some research on you and sent you something, it gets your attention. You and get my attention for sure. It. Yeah. I, and I know exactly how, like when I think what could people do to, to get my attention, I'm not just going to give it up here, but <laughs> uh, like if you research me there's there's clear things that you can totally. pick up right especially if you're like active and if when you're a leader when you're up there and you're trying to recruit a team and when you're trying to do things like that you, you put yourself out there and somebody's gonna ask you you know like 
oh yeah, what's your favorite uh, activity? And you're like, well, I love uh, ice cream. Like, I don't know, dude, just send them ice cream. <laughs> Uh, so I know, actually or, sent an ice cream um, floaty one time to a prospect. <laughs> there you go. Like, how, just things like that. How do you find those? Like, do you just go on Google? You're like, uh, yeah. gifting floaties over <laughs> mail. <laughs> like, so I um, use Amazon. Like, I use Amazon. One eight hundred balloons. Um, one eight hundred balloons is my favorite. Cause I'm telling you. You can order you can order something at 10, 10 a.m. and it'll be there by three. So if you find a hot prospect or you have a conversation with someone and you want to like stay top of mind and go over the top, if you have the budget for it, why not? And there was even the first time I sent the balloons, I didn't know if my comp if Aptus was gonna pay for it or not, but I sent them because I was like, okay, this is forty nine dollars. I'm gonna be paid a lot more than that on this opportunity. Yeah. So if in case they don't, I don't care. But they did, so. Yeah, yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome. I, I I've seen people put money out of like get money out of pocket and be like, well, I need better leads and this is just not working. I'm just gonna buy him. And then if your company is smart and cares about you, they're gonna they're gonna pay pay for it eventually and be like, oh my god, like I can't believe if it was like important enough for you to do this so that you're probably putting money out of pocket to make it happen. It tells me that I'm failing as a manager to enable you to help you do your best work. And therefore, like, if I don't do this, like, one, you might leave. And and two, like, you're going so above and beyond that I need to just show my appreciation. So, like, yeah. I, if I have a, an SDR on my team who's, like, spending money out of pocket for anything, I would not only pay for that back but feel terrible and apologize. <laughs> and then give them a 3x budget on buying whatever they want because yeah. as long as this was good intention, they're moving the business forward. But it's it, it I can totally see how you're doing that. So. That's awesome. Yeah, and one stuff. thing to mention on that is I found, I mean, we've had people send like more Aptis focused stuff where it's like Aptis logo. And I think that stuff's great. Like if you're at an event, like we just hosted a dinner and we gave them like really, really nice black Aptis um, journals, like super, super nice with like a ballpoint pen, super nice. Like when I'm sending stuff, I don't even, the only time you see Aptis is because I put Hope O. Baker at Aptis on like the signature. Like right. I don't, and honestly, I don't even really, I don't do like a hard meeting ask in it either. Like I will follow up with them via do the triple hitter. I'll call email on LinkedIn the day they get it and triple hit them. But when I put in like the little card or if it's balloons, like whatever, the little note, I don't write, take a meeting with me or let's talk. I literally will find a catchy message that pertains to them in their business. And then I'll put hope O Baker at Aptis triple hit them yeah and then they'll get it back to you they'll be like what the hell was that that that's incredible thank you so yeah. much what like how can i help you and you're like yeah. well we'd, we'd love to talk like i was i've done a lot of work to become your free consultant uh, when it comes <laughs> to cpq right and yeah and i think that's where the world is moving right i just wrote a blog about um, AI versus SDRs, right? And and some of, uh, there's some companies, there's some teams out there that are like, well, and there's some SDRs who are scared. They're like, AI is going to replace your jobs. Like I've seen it on LinkedIn like 20 times. And, uh, and some SDRs are like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. And like, the only way AI is going to replace your job is if you are not an SDR, you're marketing automation, right? If you're grabbing 500 leads, putting them on a sequence, you, you don't make any calls and you just like press send and just it sends the same generic message. Like, 
that's not your job. That's actually called marketing automation. But if you're actually researching 10Ks, sending gifts, creating a human connection, right? SDRs is about the humanization of sales. And if you could just show how much you care and how much you know and how much you can help them, you're going to get tons of meetings and you're going to be like hope uh, shooting for 200% of quota on uh, killing it. So good job. I love it. Thank you, Cheeto. Um, Cool. We can, well, we, we don't pretty deep there when it comes to like some ideas for direct mail. Have you ever done video? Do you ever record yourself on like something like video or something like that and, and send videos over to? So I actually haven't done that, but that's not something I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I just haven't tapped into it yet. One thing I do want to start doing though is even on my, so like when I set a discovery call, because I take my qualification calls. So like if I set a meeting, I will take that first call to find out about the projects. One thing I want to start trying so I can report back how it goes. Like I want to start doing, making sure it's always face to face, like over zoom, or whatever you use, whether it's Skype, Zoom, whatnot. And I, because I think that like human element of actually being able to see somebody is so important. So like the companies like Vidyard, I don't know if I said that right, but um, I think those companies are great and I do want to try it out and I will reach out to who was on your show from there. Uh, Jess Wilson. I'll send her contact info. You should talk to her. Perfect. I would love to, because I think that that human touch and you know being able to actually see someone's face is so important so i think it's huge and um uh, some people talk about this i mean john barrows i i had seen a bunch of stuff from john barrows a little while ago and and i knew he was a trainer and he was good and but recently i dove deeper into his content and, and it's amazing i love the guy um we agree on so in so many levels about so many things but he talks about um uh, natural language processing i think it is no it's not natural eh. I think it's NLP though, um, whatever, neuro-linguistic programming. I think that's what it stands for. Something like I that. Don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but the concept is very simple. It says that 70% of the communication that you actually have is the words you say. Um, 38% is actually your tone of voice. Yep. And then 55% is your expressions, your body language. So like, just like you were saying, if you don't have the video turned on, and I turn my video on with every prospect that I'm meeting, for a meeting. I always hop on Zoom. Uh, I use the same Zoom ID and everything. Boom. And yep. the camera is always on because once they see me and we talk and then they say something and I smile and nod and all that, they're like, yep. oh, that's that's Tito. Like it's a human. And and I, with my team is the same. Like I have employees remote. If you don't turn the camera on, you're losing 55% of your communication. Totally. Right? And if you're communicating via email, instead of voice, you only have 7%. So yeah. you go from seven to 45 by using voice, which is like a five, six, six and a half X increase. Yeah. And then you can more than double that once you turn on the camera. It's huge, it's huge. People need to do it. Totally. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. That's, that's what I'm gonna start doing. So I will report back to you with how it goes for me, but I'm sure it'll go wonderful. Please do. And then Zoom is <laughs> Zoom is so inexpensive. I love Zoom. I met Greg Holmes, who uh, is VP of sales there. Right before they raised their $100 million round, um, I was working with, with him to build their, uh, kind of like give them ideas for their outbound scripts um, yep. back in the day. And now, of course, our team has exploded in growth and so on. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, you should you should get a couple of licenses of Zoom for sure for, for your team. Oh, yeah. We use Zoom. After, use yeah. Zoom. Oh, yeah. You should just get it. Come I'm on. a fun Zoom user. I know. I don't know why I haven't done it. It's time. It's time. 
Yeah, totally did. Okay, that's that's awesome. Hopefully that's super helpful for the audience to understand a little bit more about your process and your work. Let's talk a little bit more about your team so people have more context about kind of like how it works and if it applies to them or not or how similar or different their teams are. So uh, tell us about kind of like, uh, do you have a dedicated SDR? Uh, how many SDRs are there? Are they paired up with AEs? How, how does that whole structure of uh, handoff work uh, at your company? Yep, so we have... Um, I want to say 25 to 35, like we're fluctuating a little bit. People are moving around, getting promoted, all of that. So we have um, a couple inbound people. And then we also have an install, install BDR. So people who work on um, accounts, obviously customers. And then we have, so we are separated out in regions. And then obviously we have, you know, an APAC, EMEA team as well. And then I'm, we also have our verticals. So obviously I'm financial services. So I stick between the top financial service companies. So that could mean one AE or it could mean three. Um, but I'm more aligned by accounts. Um, okay. And then the other BDRs, I mean, I think the ratio, it's, it's fluctuating a little bit just because structures are changing. And of course, right? Like, Every, everything's ever always evolving. evolving. <laughs> so I want to say that it's like one BDR for three, two or three AEs. And then, you know, if we fluctuate headcount, it changes right. as well. Right. And again, it was something I was going to ask and I forgot a, a little while ago is um, it seems like you're on the highest value accounts, the most strategic, the most difficult in a, in a certain sense. Um, but it also seems like you have a lot of experience. How long have you been an SDR? And uh, like, you know, how long did it take you to learn all this? What, what can people do to learn this faster, right? Yeah, so I've been, so some people think that like, I mean, some people for the BDR to do this function, they do it for eight months, a year, six months, and they're done. But I genuinely like this, this role lights the fire in me and I love it. And I think the better you get at it and the more strategic you get, the more money you can make. So I've been doing business development type work for about three years. And then for the last year is where I've been on the strategic side. So before it was, I was either doing, um, you know, where I was doing a hundred cold calls a day to small businesses where there wasn't like, it wasn't much strategy work. I just was like smile and dialing type stuff. Right. And then I worked on more mid-market enterprise, but nothing like the inter like enterprise I'm doing now. I think every company classifies is different. So at Aptis, I've really spent the year, um, little of a year being learning the strategic side, which is a whole different ball game. Um, I do want to be in the field, but I also love the role that I'm in right now. The fence, like being in financial services and doing financial service business development in general. So I don't think I wouldn't want to, I kind of want to be a career business development rep, but for right now, I mean, I'm, I love, I love doing business development into financial services. And I don't think I would be, um, you know, I think it, it's a disservice to like my skill level and my future potential in the field to leave being an SCR too soon, an SCR or a BDR too soon. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I talk a lot about career SDRs. I had a, when I spoke at Unleash, it was all about how to hire and retain SDRs for almost ever. Uh, and the topic is exactly um, what you're saying is, you know, like 
some SDRs come join and, and they, they only stick around for six months. And some of that is pay, right? If you're struggling to pay your bills and you can't even, you know, buy, buy enough food, of course you want to rush out of the position. But if you can also up level yourself in the skills and you can increase your, your salary. Um, and if you really see this as a puzzle that needs to be solved and you're providing strategic value, like I find the SDR work so much more entertaining and so much more fun than the AE work, right? Um, yeah. And it's a it's a preference. I don't think it like everybody needs to agree. It's like, do you prefer soccer, basketball, or or football? Like, totally. Or uh, do you like chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Like, yeah. Whatever. Like, you can like whatever you want. I I like the SDR work tremendously, and I've been in it for six years now. Um, and yeah. I don't plan to get out of it. I think it's fun. Well, you, you maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say you made me think about this financial services. It, it's a heavily in, uh, regulated industry, and what you sometimes what you can say and what you cannot say on the phone, even like, do you, uh, how how do you prevent from like getting or I guess it, it might be even worse when it's the opposite when they're trying to prospect you, right? Um, but it's still quite regulated. Yeah, I mean, so I can't one moment. So I can't like in FinServe, like that's part of the, like part of the difference now is like, I can't really send direct mail to FinServe. Like I, because it's, it's stricter. It's like if I send, you know, balloons to somebody in a bank or whatnot, like I have to look it up <laughs> if this company, like if I can legally send something to them, but right. it is a little, it is a little different. It's a different language. I mean, I'm taking different courses um, and, you know, working on different, uh, different like reading books and stuff like that to try to figure out how financial services work and how they speak. And luckily I have an amazing team. Um, you know, my account executives, Mark Schwenner, Corey Haynes, big shout out. Those two have like <laughs> given me like the best education you could imagine. I mean, they have, will sit down with me for an hour and just go over just even like, what onboarding, like in the beginning, like what does onboarding mean? And like, what do you, like, what are options? Like just like the details into it, like more than just the basics so I could speak the language. So that's been really nice. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can and can't do in financial services. You just have to make sure you know, because it's not like you can say, oops, I didn't know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You'll get in big you know. trouble on the, uh, yeah. on the fines within financial services are also pretty heavy. So you gotta be, uh, you gotta be very conscious about it. Um, yep. Yeah, maybe we'll talk more offline. I have a couple of ideas on my end of uh, some projects I want to do within uh, financial services, and uh, I'll, I'll hit you up after the, after our interview for that. Cool. Um, uh, you know, we're we're gonna be running out of time. I don't want to uh, keep this for too much longer. But two things I want to talk about is one: what are the tools that that you use that are your favorite? Um, you know, like and that includes everything from like one eight hundred balloons, which you mentioned on Amazon, <laughs> to like what are some other techniques, methods? Uh, you know, dialer, email technology. What what are you using? What helps you get better? Yeah. So I use. LinkedIn Sales Navigator, obviously in LinkedIn. I'll just go through social. So I use LinkedIn. I use Twitter. I use Facebook. Um, I use YouTube. I'll watch YouTube videos. There's actually an executive at Goldman Sachs who DJs on the side. That's so, awesome. It's so awesome. I mean, I yeah, I've tweeted at him, and I've actually used Instagram for him too, trying to like send like comment on his videos. Like you use to use YouTube to like watch, you know, people speak, so I can then speak to that. 
Um, I use Discover Org. Discover Org is one of my favorite tools. I think it's so incredibly valuable um, to get you, like to get the executives' names, their emails, their phone numbers, and to get like the triggers for what projects are going on, uh, what technologies they use. I also think that your CRM can be your best friend if it ha if there's good information in there. And sometimes you might have to dig through crappy stuff, but your CRM should be your best friend too. Um, I use Evernote to keep organized. Evernote is also one of my best friends. <laughs> I have you know every account listed out and I keep it organized by notes for discovery calls, notes that I find on the news, like different trigger events that I find. I use Grammarly because some things, you know, sometimes I might not write a sentence the way it should be written and Grammarly is so freaking helpful. Um, wow. Let's see, what else do I use? I use Zoom for conferencing. Inside Sales, I use, that sits on our CRM and I use that for my dialer, for my emails. I set up plays through there. Um, they don't automate, they don't automatically send for the version we, for the version we use, which I think is good. So like, I actually, I have to go in there and press send for the email, um, which is good because then I think I can go through it and make sure it's all good. So it's not just sending a thousand emails out. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I use, you know, some good old hope willpower, <laughs> my experience that I've gained. And another resource that I think people forget that we have is use your account executives, like use your colleagues. Like I go talk to product marketing I go talk to our sales engineers. Like I talk to the account executives. I talk to our RVPs, try to figure out like, Hey, what, what is, what strategies are working for you or what lines do you use that catch people's ears? Or when you're sitting in a meeting and like what works, what, what, what looks get like when you give the aha moment, like when the customer gives you that look, what did you say? And I mean, and that's what I should be saying. It's like, I right. do a lot of that, like utilize your people because a lot of people watching are probably at startups too and smaller companies and they might not have the resources. Cause I can tell you, I didn't have the resources before I came to Aptis. So utilize, you know, your people that sit right next to you and sit in the building. I love that. I love that. I think it's a, those are a bunch of ideas and tools and people can leverage. And again, if your deals are big enough, uh, you can, you can totally do that, right? You can spend the time, spend the effort, go very dedicated, learn as much about the account. And as you say, put it on your CRM, build yourself the information that you need so that, um, once, once you have all that, you can call and actually play the role of a free consultant. Right? Hey, I'm calling you. I know these are your strategic so initiatives. This is how we can sell. That's what we are. We're free consultants so that we can get them interested enough to then come and dump a million dollars on our company and we can get a fat check, which, hey, we do free consulting up front and then we get paid out after you buy our product because we have an awesome product. So Totally. Yeah, I think awesome. that, that, like that approach. And one thing too, to mention on that, like I do go after strategic counselor at the time, but if you go after a lot of, you know, mid-market or SMB, pick your top 10 favorite every week or every month and yeah. do this type of research on those. <clears throat> and you will, and at least you'll see results from those. Exactly. Yeah. If you, if, I think if you pick a few um, and you go after those, uh, <clears throat> you, you, you can have it. Um, again, I'm just going back to John Barrows. He, he mentions about your tier one, tier two, tier three. 
And even if you're an SDR that gets assigned 50 accounts and they all seem pretty similar and you don't know how to differentiate them, like you can still pick your favorite three or five or seven that you want to go after. Do a little bit more work for those and then you can put everybody else in a regular kind of like sequence of calls, emails, LinkedIn, uh, whatever you want to do for those. Um, so Absolutely. this is awesome, Hope. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, uh, we have a few more minutes. We can talk about spiffs. We can talk about whatever you want. What else do you want to? What else do you want to share with the audience that you think is super cool? Sorry, I'm just getting over a cold, so I just had like a little coffee attack. <clears throat> um, I would just say, you get in what you put. You get out what you put in. So if you want to do the research, if you want to use social and all those things, if you do that, you'll overachieve. So you get in what you put out. I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. And again, like it's not uh, one thing that I would caution, uh, caution the audience about is uh, when you're doing so many things, you also need to be uh, very strategic about how, um, how you execute those tasks at scale, right? Because if you're like, oh yeah, I should do social and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Google and all these things. And then it ends up that the number of touches you're doing per day across your accounts is like, 14 you're dead right you you need to have some activity there uh that between the likes and the comments and all that you are you know we try to do 100 plus per sdr um so uh, so yeah i would i would recommend people that are you okay i know you're <laughs> i know i'm like coughing like crazy right now sorry <laughs> no that's good I just got back from three weeks of traveling Europe. So I'm like caught like a sickness while I was over there. Wow. Well, that sounds awesome that you were able to do that. Um, Hit my quota 200%. There you go. Yeah. You're like, Hey, by the way, I'm 200%. I'm taking off. Um, that's awesome. Cool. Uh, how can the audience get in touch with you? Learn more, ask you a few questions. Is LinkedIn a good place? Uh, is there a specific email or where, where do you want to direct people to? LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, I have my Twitter, I have my email, I have all that on there. So either way, cool. look on LinkedIn, look at the contact me section. You can call me, text me, email me. I'm always here to answer questions. So that sounds great. And yeah, we all and win when we, if we work together, we all win, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's what this is about, right? So for everybody else who, if you've learned anything super cool today, uh, there's a bunch more interviews like uh, posted uh, above my videos, usually on, on the LinkedIn blog. And you can go look at all the history of all the people we've interviewed where they're sharing a lot of great insights. And at the bottom, we'll have some e emails or some uh, examples of outreach, maybe through LinkedIn or whatever else that are showing just a knowledge uh, that is put behind these um, outbound campaigns that Hope is doing to really get the engagement and, and get accounts going. So again, everybody, thank you for spending time here with us, uh, learning more about how to run excellent sales development teams. And uh, yeah, have a fantastic week. Thanks. Thanks, Hope.